Hi, and welcome to episode 4 of Rambling About Greek Mythology, a lax podcast where I just talk about a lot of Greek mythology. So today we'll be talking about the rise of the Titans. What that really means is, is now that we've set up our cast of descendants of Gaia, Chaos, Tartarus, and not really Eros, obviously, uh, we will now start to figure out how did the Titans end up in power. So, let's just dive right in. So, how do the Titans end up as the supreme rulers? Like, that's like a story that we always need to consider as we analyze mythology, because how do people come into power, right? That's always like a thing you want to think about, and almost every single story of coming into power is pretty important and pretty significant and has a lot of implications. So, uh, after Gaia and Uranus had had the Titans and whatnot, Uranus had become a pretty bad father. Um, he was not happy with the, his kids, specifically the Hecatonchires and the Cyclopes. He just didn't like them. I don't know what the specific reason was. Uh, they're described as presumptuous, the Hecatonchires, that is. I don't know if they just because they were different. I really don't know, considering he's just the sky. Like, huh? But anyways, pretty shallow guy. So he puts these two groups into, like, under the earth in some secret place. So Gaia can't free them. Um, which kind of pains Gaia as she is Earth, and like you know, there's been some ripped like opening uh, where her kids are, and Gaia, being the good mother that she is, is like, hmm, I'm not really happy about this. That's a light way of putting it. She was pretty distraught, so she gathers all her children um, and asks them, "Who wants to cut off Dad's genitals?" And so the twelve Titans gather. And no one seems to really be up for it until Cronus. Cronus is like this just whack kid. He's uh, the youngest of the Titans, which we'll see a mirror later with Zeus. And he's like, ooh, me, me. I want to cut off Dad's genitals, I guess is the logic. I don't. I don't get it. Um, anyways, he's given this like flint slash stone sickle. Um, then one night... When Uranus and Gaia were about to lie with each other, Cronus rolls up and castrates Uranus. So the sickle is thought to be um, Drapane, uh, which is just like an island. Like It's thought that Cronus casted the sickle into the water and it became the island. Or Korkira, which is associated with like the Phaeacians and Scaria. So there are possible relationships with um, some mythological characters we'll encounter later on. But for right now... We'll just acknowledge that that is a thing. Um, I think Trapanet also means sickle is like the other logic behind like the name origin. So then Cronus also just flung the genitals. I don't know why he grabbed but he flung them into the sea. So the blood drops that hit the land, uh, i.e. hit Gaia, produced like the Melii, the Ashnims, the Furies, and the Giants, as we mentioned last time. The genitals landed in the ocean... And are said to have had foam, which in Greek is apros or afros, um, gather around them, and from them Aphrodite, the goddess of love, was born. So in like this version, she's considered to be the oldest of the Olympians, actually, although her involvement in the Titanomachy is not really significant. <laughs> Thence, the Titans established Cronus as the ruler. To please his mom, Cronus released the Hecatonchires and Cyclopes. But then he just instantly re-imprisoned them. This time in Tartarus, the lower realm, not still. We still don't have really Hades and all those different distinctions. Um, 
with the dragon Kampe to guard them. Uh, she's just some dragon. There seems to be no parentage or anything, so I don't know where she came from, but she is just there. Now, with Cronus as the supreme ruler, Titans start getting together and producing children. Have pretty much nothing else to do. So, who are the Titans? Um, so, in one version, there are two, named Ophion and Uranome, who were actually the original Titans, and they were said to have ruled from, like, Mount Olympus. So, like, these Titans, like, you know, Cronus and all of them still existed, but they came after Ophion and Uranome. But, in the more usual myth, I think Ophion and Uranome, I don't know if it's Orphic necessarily, but I know it's, like, Apollo, Apollonius of Rhodes, who I think gave this version. Um, but anyways, they're the 12 legendary, like, titans, and, uh, they will be, like, the mainstream version that we'll talk about. So, in order of birth, we have Oceanus, uh, he's, like, the principal sea deity, um, we talked about Oceanus with the Gaia, we have Coius, Creus, Hyperion, he's, like, the personification of the sun, Iapetus, Thea, principal figure of, like, brightness is kind of the idea, um, given her kids we'll talk about later, Rhea, the principal Mother Earth figure now. Um, she actually has some surnames, Berakinthia and Dindimini. And then Themis, she's kind of thought to be like this figure of like law and order, more of like a personification. So if you don't seem to remember that really well, like the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, I think that's the law and order theme. I really don't know it. Um, Nemosine, principal figure of like memory. Children will be discussed. When we talked about Zeus, which will have such an extensive section. Um, Phoebe, she's actually... So, the thing to note about Phoebe is that she isn't really super important. Um, but, in some versions, she's said to have succeeded Themis at Delphi as, like, the presiding uh, goddess, I guess, over the oracle. So, which is why when Apollo became the presiding god, he adopted the epithet Phoebus. There are other versions where, um, like, Poseidon and Gaia share it. There's a bunch of different versions, but this is just one of the versions in trying to explain the epithet. Um, there's Tethys. She's, like, the wife of Oceanus is mostly how she's known, but apparently she's, like, this super wonderful person. And in the Iliad, she's said to have raised Hera, actually. And then Cronus, uh, youngest of them all. That's kind of significant because, like, that's a mirror to... Uh, Zeus in his rise, so that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, so Cronus also is known as Saturn in Roman myth, um, but he is not the god of time. That is a classic, like, misconception. Um, that misconception seems to have arised from, like, etymological confusion, where people started associating, associating Cronus with Cronus, and so, like, they, it's, like, a completely different word, but they were saying time and Cronus were the same thing, but they are not. Um, so yeah, that's just a little thing to note, just to keep that in mind so you don't think that. So now we can move on to, like, who are the children of the Titans and who are their descendants? So the first one we have, the first pairing we're really going to talk about is Oceanus and Th Tethys. So they have way too many kids, actually. And so what we're going to do is have an entirely separate, like, appendage episode, like a 4.1, where we will talk about just all their kids because they have so many um, kids and then all their descendants and that's just too much to talk about for this episode for time's sake. So we'll move on from them uh, to Coyus and Phoebe. So they have Asteria, who we mentioned uh, last episode, 
and Leto. Um, she's also known as Latona to the Romans. So Asteria, again, has Hecate by Perseus. Um, another story that I will just mention here, because you probably, I won't mention it anywhere else in the podcast. Um, she was actually being chased by Zeus at one point. Zeus being absurd as always. And she turned herself into a quail and like dove into the sea. So when she resurfaced, she resurfaced as an island named Ortigia, which is like related to the word for quail, or Asteria, literally her name, upon which Leto actually later gives birth. Um, so Leto with Zeus births Apollo and Artemis on Ortigia, as it is the only land that actually was willing to let Leto birth her kids because a lot of other lands were fearful that Hera would like destroy them or something for this action, but a sister was faithful and such. So we'll move on to the next pairing of people. We have Creus and Eurybia. Eurybia being the daughter of Gaia and Pontus we mentioned yesterday. So again, same kids. Um, Astraeus, Pallas, and Perses. So one thing I didn't note yesterday, and I do apologize, is so Astraeus and Eos, or like Eos, however you want to say it, the daughter. She's a da- So Eos is the daughter of Hyperion and Thea. Um, and so they have a bunch of kids like Zephyrus, uh, Phaonius is his Roman name. He's the West Wind. Estria, Boreas, Aquilo is the Roman name. Um, Notus, Auster is the Roman name. So that's actually where Australia gets its name. Um, Eurus, the East Wind apparently as well. Uh, Hesperus and Eosphorus or Lucifer to the Romans. And uh, they apparently have more children. I noted less last time. Um, and then... Their children also, I was reading through, and I decided they do have a bunch of kids that we probably will never talk about, um, just given the, uh, like, um, like, randomness that their kids are in terms of stories and all these, like, little details. So I will mention them in, like, another, like, episode, maybe in, like, a 4.2, and I'll combine it with a bunch of other different, just like, hey, here's a bunch of stories about a bunch of people's kids. Um, but again, would take too much time to discuss here, so that's what we're going to do. I apologize. That is just kind of the issue with myth, is that there's so many different stories and so many little things here and there that if you want to capture all the details, you really have to just split it up or dedicate a lot of time. And I don't want to make this podcast super long, just talking about every single story and losing track again from like the main point. So the one story I will talk about, though, is Estria, one of their children. So I believe she's the only daughter, actually. Um, according to legend during the Golden Age, Estria was just, like, chilling on Earth. Like, she was just there with all the mortals, and she ended up being the final immortal to leave. Um, she ends up becoming the constellation Virgo, actually. So that's just, like, a neat little story for the constellation. So then we'll move on. Pallas and Styx, again, the Oceanid. They have Bia, Kratos, Zealous, and Nike. And then we already talked about Perseus with Asteria, so we will just keep moving on. So our next pairing is Hyperion and Thea. Uh, they have Helios, which is like our sun god successor. So Hyperion was a sun god, now it's Helios. Um, that's a decently common thing, is that you'll have a passing on of like roles to like the child. Um, it gets weird later when we have Apollo and Artemis uh, take over for... Helios, Sun God, and Apollo, and then uh, Selene, the moon. Uh, she's sometimes flipped with Artemis. So, like, their stories tend to get confounded. 
because they're both like gods now. Um, so that just happens. So yeah, so Helios, Sun God Successor, Selene, Moon. Uh, Eos is like Dawn. So uh, she's also thought to have the name Aragonea. And her parentage can be disputed with her dad possibly being Pallas and mom Euryphaesa. Although the latter, like Euryphaesa, just sometimes seems to be another name for Thea. It's this whole idea of like shining well, um, shining brightly. So if you think about now Thea and all her kids, it makes sense that like, you know, brightness is some aspect noted with her. Um, so yeah, so if we talk about their kids' kids, Helios has too many kids. We need to talk about them in another episode because Helios for sure, um, his kids just like don't come up. Uh, they just pretty much won't come up. And there's some like stories that like are pretty basic that you need to know, but they're only considered basic because of how like other books are designed. Um, and like the grand scheme, they're not all that basic. I don't know. They, they're just because of how one of the source books is designed for the competition. I'm also making this for, uh, yeah, I'll just have to talk about it separately. Then we have Eos. So Eos had a fair amount of consorts, actually, um, beyond just Astraeus, as Aphrodite had made it so that, like, Eos would fall in love with mortals consistently, like, 24-7, because uh, there is allegedly, like, an affair between Ares and Eos, which is funny that Aphrodite, you know, cheats on her husband and then gets mad at people for cheating. Anyways, um, so one of Eos's lovers is a mortal named Cephalus. He's the son of Herse and Hermes. Um, he will come up later eventually when we do the Athens stories. Um, although, actually, he'll probably come up in the Heracles section. So then they have Phython. Um, he's just a boy that's so pretty, apparently, that Aphrodite actually made him a priest for a temple of hers in, like, Syria. And he's allegedly the father of Astinus, uh which I think makes him an ancestor of Adonis. So that's like his uh, noteworthiness as one of the few Phythons there are in myth. Um, Eos is, one of Eos's other lovers is named Cletus or Clytus. Um, he's a son of Mantius, who's the son of like the legendary seer Melampus. Like we will certainly talk about Melampus. And Eos literally just took him to live with the gods because he was just that pretty. Um, Eos and Tithonus... Uh, the son of Laomedon by like either Strymo, Plakia, or Leucippe, you don't need to know that too much, um, had Memnon and Amathion. Uh, so Tithonus' story will actually be discussed later um, in the Metamorphoses episode, and Memnon and Amathion will show up in like other stories, Memnon being the Iliad, uh, and I think Odyssey as well, actually, for a brief moment. And then Amathion will show up in Heracles' uh, section. Then we'll move on to Selene. So Selene and Zeus have some daughter named Pandia. Just like a thing to know. Um, Selene also has one mortal lover who uh, she, like, finds. Uh, she just finds him. He's like a king of Elis. Um, just a place we'll eventually talk about in more depth. And... She ends up, like, you know, begging Zeus, like, oh, like, you know, like, grant him, like, one thing. And Endymion's like, I want eternal sleep. <laughs> so he just sleeps on, like, Mount Sipolis for literally ever. Um, it's 
pretty stupid actually but along the way they also just casually have 50 daughters sorry i meant mount latmus not mount sipolis mount latmus um l-a-t-m-u-s so yeah it's it's really stupid though um he just is like yeah i want to sleep forever so yeah um those are pretty much all the stories there so then we'll move on to one of our uh later pairings we have yapetus and asia slash Clymene. so asia just like asia um and Clymene. uh so they're an oceanid and so yapetus and asia slash Clymene have atlas uh minoiteus prometheus and epimetheus by some unnamed women um yapetus is like the father of Anchiale, the mother of the Idaean dactyls this is the only time they will show up uh so they're just like super obscure group of spirits. Um, two are named Titias and Kylenus, and they're just said to be these like quote unquote dispensers of doom for Sibylle, this Phrygian goddess. Um, the five usually named are like Heracles, Pionias, Epimedes, Yasius, and Idas. And Heracles, it's it's interesting, yeah, like Heracles the Dactyl is said to have actually led his brothers to found the Olympic Games. So that's like kind of their brief like uh, moment of fame. Atlas has a lot of kids we need to talk about in another appended episode. So what I'll probably end up doing is combining like Helios and Atlas's kids and then like all the Astraeus and like Aeos kids, kids, kids into one episode just because like there's so much there there's so much information but like purely going by a um, story perspective i'm just not sure like, or sorry like a more chronological perspective i'm not sure if we will uh undoubtedly cover every single one so this is more like a play it safe episode that i'm trying to, i'm going to make anyways so we'll move from there so then prometheus another child of Yapetus, um and Pronoia, which according to one of the books, Barthel, um, it is the it is the uh, Nereid, so I guess my guess was right, um, have Deucalion, and then Epimetheus and Pandora have Pyrrha. So Deucalion and Pyrrha have like a big um, like Adam and Eve story that we will talk about uh, like post Zeus's rise to like supremacy section. So yeah, um, we'll talk about it there, but just note that they are cousins. Um, then finally, we have Cronus and Rhea. So they have the six Olympians. So they have Hestia, Demeter, Hera, Hades, Poseidon, and Zeus. And so that is in order of like oldest to youngest. So Hestia is usually said to be the oldest. I believe in the in like Homeric tradition, Zeus is said to be the oldest, but I think that's not usually how it goes usually Hestia said to be the oldest um and then yeah so those are just like the six big Olympians that we will need to keep in mind as we move forward they will have kids and such and that's how you'll form our eventual 12 but for now just know these six and then finally uh Cronus and Philura also have Chiron um so that's like the famous centaur from mythology uh that you've encountered in Percy Jackson if you've read it so, yeah, that is pretty much everything. I feel like I went a bit fast. Um, 
I hope that was not the case. So let's go over just like a brief summary of like what I want for you to take away from this. So the first thing is like, you know, how do the Titans end up as supreme rulers? And it's they're overthrowing their father, right? They overthrow their father. Once they've overthrown their father and really set everything into stone, then uh, they like start really reproducing and like really taking up space and spreading out their wings, so to speak. And you can see mostly that Cronus is the really big figure. He's like the Zeus of the Titans. Um, but then like really there's just a lot of names you have to remember. That's really the biggest deal. Um, there are the 12 Titans you need to know. There's the three Hecatonchi race, the three Cyclopes. Um, then you need to know almost all of their children. Luck luckily, um, a fair amount of these are like repeats from like last time. So now you've heard them a second time. Maybe they click a bit better. Um, on top of that, things like Oceanus and Tethys, um, where there are just so many kids we'll need to talk about. Uh, don't worry. I'm doing that episode mostly as a like fail safe just in case we don't talk about all of them but i'm certain that we will because they are just so prevalent in myth and like the big stories which is another thing like their kids um naturally like two really important titans have a lot of influence and a lot of their kids have influence in myth and that kind of gives you an idea of like these like original beings how much they influence um myth and how natural it is that they did right because they're so early on their kids will like spawn like lineages that spread out more and more than like someone who gets who's like a child of like a grandson of Heracles, right? There's like a different level of impact from being so far back. Um, same thing with like Astraeus and Eos. Like, I, the only reason I have I'm doing a dedicated section on like their kids' kids is because they're so obscure. Um, they will almost certainly not show up for the most part. I mean, like. They will independently, but I think because of how this, uh, how I've chosen to design this, it will be so spread out. By the time that you like uh, get there, you may not necessarily like remember to like, oh yeah, this is this. Then we can connect all the families, and I want you to connect all the families because I think that's just really nice if you can build like uh, family trees in your head. Because I know when I learned myth, I did a lot of like every story was uh, independent, and you know I learned all the people's parents and stuff and made vague connections that way but i think like the better your family tree is in your head like the better it will be for you to be able to map out how these interactions are occurring you'll notice some things that are really interesting that like maybe you wouldn't have noticed before um so yeah i that's the same reason why i'm also doing helios is because like the kids are pretty obscure um and just we need to talk about them because there are a fair amount of stories that come out of them uh, but not necessarily in how I've wanted to arrange this, that they will come so naturally. So yeah, as always, I hope this was educational, fun, interesting, not too overwhelming, as overwhelming as it may be to just have so many kids, kids' names thrown at you, and you're just like, oh my god, I need to learn this, I need to learn this, I need to learn this. Um, it's really being able to take away, like, big picture and you know making like name associations especially if you don't really need to like you know you're not trying to competitively learn this like just making name associations and being like okay this is how this maps and you know keeping all that together um as always if you have any questions comments suggestions 
complaints, um, please feel feel free to email me. I put it in the description, so it should be pretty easy to do that. Um, and I'm hoping to put this also on Apple Podcasts whenever they accept me and hopefully don't find me to be spam. <laughs> and uh, maybe Google, I'll try doing Google Podcasts and see how that goes. All right, take care.